Happy Friday and welcome into another edition of your favorite podcast, Burgers and Brats. It is almost Christmas time, just a few days away, the best time of the year. We've got a lot going on in the sports world. I mean, college football bowl season is just getting started. The NFL, where it got three weeks left of the season, and National Signing Day was this weekend. So, congratulations to all the kids uh, picking their dream schools and going there and trying it out. So, I got a lot to break down. Before we get started, make sure you follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, anywhere. Each podcast at Burgers and Bras. Stay up to date with latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Hopefully, you're watching on Millions.co at Burgers and Bras. And check out the podcast website, BurgersBrasPodcast.com. Let's start with kind of the uh, big stories. I got some NBA news to break down, uh, college basketball, and uh, just National Sign Day. Huge event. I mean, you really do see the top. I mean, you really do see the same ten teams. About uh, sometimes less. Uh, kind of. I mean, the ten teams. They're they're pretty much always the top ten teams. Uh, they they aren't gonna fall out of the top fifteen every year. I mean, you got your blue bloods that uh, just dominate the cycles and uh, get those get those five star, four star athletes. Even though they may not play for that first year and even that second year. On campus, but uh, that's definitely going to change. I mean, with the recruiting portal, everything, uh, all these players leaving, it, all that. But still, the classes were dominated by pretty much the teams you expect to uh, dominate, like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Florida State, Notre Dame, LSU, Clemson, all those main teams. But there were a few surprises and everything. But no surprise, number one recruiting team. Uh, in the country was Georgia with 28 commits, five or four five stars, and 24 star athletes. I mean, they they won two in a row. We're a win away from making the college football playoff again uh, this year. I did lose a lot of players, so I mean, Kirby could have promised a lot of playing time as uh, as a freshman coming in for this Georgia team on a team that's got a lot of experience and uh, knows how to win football games. So. A big selling point. They even uh, lost a five-star quarterback commit to Nebraska, but flip a five-star safety from Florida State. So uh, when one goes, uh, one one taketh, one cometh uh, for Georgia. So uh, they, they're the they're number one, obviously. I mean, best team, one of the better teams in college football the last few years. Uh, number two, no surprise, World Tide, Alabama, uh, 25 commits. Three five stars and seventeen four stars. I mean, it's been Georgia and Alabama as number one and two the last few years, and Alabama's not going anywhere as long as Nick Saban is at the helm. They're going to be a top three, top top one or two actually recruiting class uh, every every single year. And another team that's always uh, in the top, really top ten, some top five the last few years. I mean, Miami. Uh, you got you get to sell going to campus in Miami at the U. Uh, they got 27 commits, two five stars, 11 four stars. Uh, they, they have not been great playing football. I mean, they've been a top five recruiting program for uh, top ten for a while now, and still have not produced that on the field. So, uh, sell living in Miami, but uh, I honestly don't don't take too much in Miami being. Uh, just a top class because it hasn't panned out for their athletics in recent years. Number four, you got Ohio State, uh, 21 commits, five five stars though, and 12 four stars. So 
Uh, they've got second most five-star commits uh, for this team and got the number one player, number one wide receiver uh, in the cycle. So great for Ryan Day, losing a quarterback, losing a really good quarterback, good uh, five-star receiver as well, and a lot of other four and five-star players, or four and three-star players for Ohio State. So good for building, but uh, do lose a lot of depth going into next year. Texas, uh, top five, uh, rounding out the top five, 22 commits, four five-stars, 15 four-stars. So uh, National Recruiting Brand has a lot of money to offer these players and uh, see if they can now finally uh, turn these players into a great product. Uh, they've had a hard time developing the last few years, but uh, probably make that happen. Number six, you got Oregon, 25 commits, zero five-stars, though, 24 stars. Uh, so a lot of four-stars, but... Uh, should be a good good team coming in. Dan Landing back, and uh, you get Dylan Gabriel now, and more the transfer from UCLA. So it should be a good team. And then surprising team is uh, the top ten this year was Auburn. Twenty two commits, two five stars. You got a five star receiver and a five star defensive end, uh, along with thirteen four stars. So a little surprising with just how bad their year had been, but uh, Auburn getting it done, and it, this is huge for Auburn and see if they can capitalize but uh, usually they go every, they usually have that one off year I mean every other year so uh, getting some five stars and a good class definitely turn this thing around and number eight Oklahoma who's always in the top ten uh, with Brent Venables 28 commits uh, one five star eight, uh, eight, 18 four stars so a uh, great recruiting cycle for him uh, actually dropped off from last year with Brent Venables but uh, you do get David Stone, uh, number one uh, defense lineman, or number four overall player in college, uh, coming out of high school, and then the number one running back, Taylor Tatum, coming in. So I, I, it was a good, a good cycle for Oklahoma. Much needed defensively and a lot of speed at wide receiver, and uh, going to be a good team uh, rolling into the SEC. Uh, Oklahoma, number nine, you got Florida State, twenty-two commits. Zero five stars, 15 four stars. Uh, a little surprising, uh, just uh, not not top five for Florida State. But uh, they're, they're going to be rolling with uh, Norvell and uh, definitely trust that program moving forward. And then rounding out top ten, you got Notre Dame, 23 commits, one five star, 15 four stars. So uh, Notre Dame, a little surprising. They're usually a top five recruiting program too. But I uh, got some good pieces coming back, and Notre Dame should be at the top as well uh, going into the next season. Some other notes from uh, from National Signing Day. Nebraska, uh, like I said, getting Dylan Royola, the five-star commit to Georgia, transferring to Nebraska. Huge pickup for uh, Matt Rule. And uh, Nebraska was really decent quarterback play away from, I mean, just having a hand, just a few losses and uh, definitely would have made a bowl game. But a big pickup for them, and I think Nebraska's on the right track with Matt Rule. Aggies, uh, Texas A&M, they lose everyone, including eight prospects decommitting during the cycle. So everyone went to the transfer portal and also lost eight commits uh, this weekend. So uh, it's going to be tough for Elko going into the season for A&M. Don't expect too much and uh, maybe even miss a bowl game with just how how he has nothing coming back, coaching staff-wise or player-wise. Uh, Florida, another team that just reeling for National Signing Day, they lost nine commits this cycle. That is a ton of commits for Billy Napier, and really, it's, is it time to let him go, not being able to close the deal? And uh, Florida's a destination job. I mean, 
even for recruits wanting to go and play their good history and just not closing losing nine players is a very big deal for Florida and a lot of pushback and hate on Napier and this Florida program that we've seen uh, on social media so could changes be made they might be especially to get to a I mean five games in uh, depending on the on the record could be a looking for mid-season change uh, Jordan Seaton uh, five-star offense tackle who committed to Colorado did not sign his uh, national letter of intent so I see where he goes Maryland's making a push but this guy was just on first take a few weeks ago saying everyone should come to Colorado if they want to win if they're serious about winning now he may not be going there so uh, this cycle, this uh, National Signing Day is always interesting. Um, I just want to mention uh, OU as well. I mean, you got the number one running back in Taylor Tatum. It's David Stone, number four overall. You got 10 ESPN uh, 300 commits. So the ESPN 300 top 300 players. You got 10 of those. Uh, lots of speed at wide receiver and defensive back. And you sign all 27 signees. I mean, we talked about how a lot of decommits and uh, surprises, but all 27 that OU offered signed with them. You have Michael Hawkins, Zeon Kersey, uh, Jaden Hardy, and you signed five of the top six players from Oklahoma. I think the most since 2013. And then 2014, 2015. 2014, they won the Sugar Bowl. 2015, they go to the college football playoffs. So uh, a lot of good players in the state of Oklahoma. Good recruiting in the home state. Uh, a little surprises, though, from National Signing Day. I mean, I mentioned a team that's been pretty much – the number one overall team, number two overall team for the last two years, Michigan. Uh, they came in at 16th in recruiting rankings this weekend. I'm, but uh, I think everyone's thinking Harbaugh's going to the NFL, and I can definitely see that being the case. Uh, but to be number 16 in recruiting and being in the college football playoff now two years and winning the Big Ten two years in a row, it's a little surprising. Uh, Florida and LSU, uh, 13th and 14th in recruiting classes. So... LSU with the good year they had as well and uh, how they've been playing with uh, Brian Kelly. Uh, I mean, playing the SEC championship game last year, uh, tough to be top 15. I mean, just top 15. Notre Dame, number 11, usually they're a solid top 8 program getting recruits. And then Clemson rounding out the top 15 at number 15. Really surprising from Dabo and this Clemson team that's uh, been living, living the high life and making major bowl games, but and winning national championships, but they're pretty much on the downfall, possibly, especially with a class that's not as good as recent years. USC coming at number 18, Lincoln Riley. Uh, I mean, just falling apart out at USC, no defense, and they've lost a ton of recruits in the cycle. And see if Lincoln Riley's even there for this upcoming season. Uh, Texas A&M coming at number 21, like I said, with all the money they have and uh, not being able to sign people. Uh, but just the uncertainty that's going on there with coaching, coaching staffs, and all the players leaving. Uh, and then a team that is number two in the country right now and just won the Pac-12, Washington, coming at number 43 on the class rankings. Yeah, 43 for Washington. That is very surprising. I mean, good campus, uh, going to a Big Ten next year, playing, have a chance to play in the national championship. I really thought they could have done more. Uh, for their program instead of being number 43 uh, and then Colorado at number 50 uh, I mean they've made a splash in the transfer portal but 50th in recruiting and you, you got to get some of these players uh, to develop them and fit your system as well but 
uh, Dion, uh, top 50, number 50 class. Uh, it's not That's not great. I don't really trust that going forward. And then UCLA, number 58. Don't really know what's going to go on with Chip Kelly, but uh, also not being able to get players to UCLA, a little surprising. So uh, that's National Signing Day. Uh, congratulations to all of the high school players picking their colleges and uh, getting a chance to play uh, for uh, programs that – uh, I mean, it, it's going to be fun. It's always fun seeing these players commit and just the videos of them committing and how happy they are and their family are. So congratulations, National Signing Day 2024 is in the books. Um, go Sticking with uh, college football a little bit, uh, Oregon State and Washington State are nearing, a, uh, nearing an agreement to join the West Coast Conference in a variety of sports, uh, mainly basketball and everything. So the WCC... Uh, it's got some good programs in there, again, Pepperdine, Gonzaga, and uh, St. Mary's, numerous others. So uh, that's look, that, look at that to be a done deal, maybe by this weekend, maybe next week. Uh, NBA, John Morant returned from his uh, season suspension a uh, couple games, and he dropped 34-6-8 and eight with a game winner. So welcome back, John Morant, dropping game winners and 34 in his return. Look for the, uh, I mean, the Grizzlies needed him to come back and came back in a big way. So expect them to uh, definitely play better uh, with him on the court. NBA, uh, the Pistons lose their 25th straight game, now just one shy of the NBA record, or tying the NBA record. So they need 27 to pass it, 26 to tie it. Looking forward to that. I mean, that's that's just history right there. It's insane. They play at the net. They play the Nets twice. So at Brooklyn and then at home versus the Nets. Could they win one of those games? Yeah, they sh they they could. So it may not get there. May get to may tie the record and then they say, ah, we don't want to tank anymore. Uh, we'll win. But uh, history is on the line. Uh, some of the standings. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, the first seed, you got the Celtics, 21-6, followed by the Bucks and Sixers, just uh, one and two games back. The Magic coming in the four seed at 16-10, and 10. Knicks and Cavs uh, rounding out the fifth through sixth seed. And then in the Western Conference, you got the Timberwolves on top at 20-6, and 6, followed by the Thunder, 17-8, and 8. and then the Nuggets, Clippers and Kings rounding out the top five, and Mavericks at six seeds. So, I mean, one through ten is six and a half games in the Western Conference. Surprising, you see the Suns all the way at the tenth seed, and then the Warriors are the eleventh seed, a full game back from the play-in tournament or from the from the play-in game. Uh, another team was surprising. I mean. Grizzlies. I mean, well, not surprising because John Moran has been playing, but a team that will definitely make a run with John uh, coming into later in the season is the Grizzlies with John Moran. They're seven and nineteen, but definitely expect them to pick up some games and uh, make a push for the play-in. Uh, Thunder, two seed in the Western Conference, really good. I mean, they're still a really young team, and the fact they're already a two seed and uh, it's not deep into the season. We're not even we're not even close to halfway in the season, but. Uh, even early on and uh, being able to put up points like that and and be hold on to a top two seed be even in the mix at this point is still very impressive for things to come um you 
Eastern Conference, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much going to be Bucks, Celtics, and 76ers, I think, three-team race all year in the East. And I uh, really don't see any of the other teams kind of making it uh, that far. I mean, the Knicks could maybe make a push and maybe get lucky and make a Eastern Conference Final, but I think it's definitely one of those uh, top three teams up there. Uh, the Heat, maybe. I mean, they do great in the playoffs with Jimmy Butler, but right now they're sitting at the seven seed. All right, let's move on to college football bowl season. I mean, we we are we are entering we're two weeks away now from the playoff and really one week away from a bunch of major games. Uh, right now we still got just a little appetizer going on and uh, it's been a fun bowl season so far. I mean, Western Kentucky comes back from down twenty eight points uh, to beat Old Dominion in their game. Uh, UTSA gets their first ever bowl win. UCLA comes out, handles Boise State in their game. And then Appalachian State and Miami, Ohio playing the Rainbow, and I think caused 12 turnovers total in this game. So, uh, 12, yeah, 12. So, re really fun weekend of college football. And uh, it's always fun seeing these teams who, I mean, these teams don't play each other uh, ever. So, it it's fun to watch that. Uh, in these random different cities, states, and uh, bowl atmospheres, bowl venues. So, got a few games to pick uh, coming up in the uh, Gasparilla Bowl uh, Friday at 5.30 p.m. Central. We got Georgia Tech versus UCF. UCF a five and a half point, or UCF a four and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, Georgia Tech's quarterback, 20, or, uh, quarterback King has 26 touchdowns on the season, but 15 interceptions. Got to take care of the football. Got to. Uh, Plumlee uh, was injured for most of the season, came back about halfway through the season uh, in UCF. They, they've been they've been pretty disappointing this year, uh, but when you lose your starting quarterback for half the season and move to a new conference that's tougher, uh, it, it's going to be hard and you're not going to have the wins to show for it. But they've been close in a bunch of these games. Uh, they do have the 1,000-yard rusher with Harvey and uh Jay Baker, wide receiver, over a thousand yards receiving. So, uh, even missing their quarterback, they've got the ball. They spread the ball out. You got multiple thousand-yard uh, players, and UCF is fifth in the nation in rushing yards with 233 rushing yards a game and seventh overall um, offense. So, I mean, offense has been clicking, uh, even with different quarterbacks at the at the helm. And I, I really don't see it slowing down against this Georgia Tech team. Georgia Tech, though, or Georgia Tech, 131st in total rush defense. And this is UCF's identity, running the football. Uh, don't see them getting any stops. Both defenses uh, definitely have some leaks, some holes in them. Uh, Jamal Haynes, though, uh, running back for Georgia Tech, is, is a baller. So give him the ball, spread it out, uh, let him run the rock. Uh, I think both teams uh, put some points up. Both teams average uh, about 32 points a game. So... Expect some high-scoring offenses, uh, and it, it should be fun overall, but I think UCF wins 31-27 to 27 over Georgia Tech. All right, the Las Vegas Bowl, Utah versus Northwestern. Utah, six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Both quarterbacks, not great, but they're really gritty. Uh, only 23 total touchdowns for both of these quarterbacks. Um, Barnes, though, for Utah, I mean, came in uh, a few games into the season. Uh, kind of been switching out quarterbacks. Uh, both teams score about 23, 24 points a game, which is not great. 
offensively uh, in college football. Uh, Northwestern has won four of their last five, though. Uh, in a weaker in a weaker conference, Utah's played some tougher competition. Uh, obviously, uh, Pac-12 looked great this year. Uh, Utah, I mean, they're two and four against top twenty-five. While Northwestern's zero oh and two, so a little difference there in their opponents. It's probably going to be a defensive battle, uh, not because both defenses are great. They're good, but uh, neither team has an offense as well. So uh, maybe not as many points as you're expecting in this one. Whittingham, a great coach for Utah. He's going to have his guys ready to play, uh, especially against this Northwestern team that's 124th in total offense. Uh, and then on the other hand, Northwestern, though. History. History might say something different. Northwestern has won four straight bowls. Utah has lost four straight bowls. So these teams over the last four years are completely different uh, when it be, when it comes to the postseason. I think those things switch. Uh, complete 180 for both. I got Utah winning uh, 24 uh, to 17. So uh, I think Utah get, handles business here in the Las Vegas Bowl Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, and then... The Birmingham Bowl, Saturday at 11 a.m. Central. We got Troy versus Duke. Uh, Troy is a seven and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, Ten and two or eleven and two on the year versus a seven and five Duke team that's uh, battled some injuries, uh, lost a head coach and lost a quarterback in Riley Leonard who's heading to Notre Dame. Uh, Gunnar Watson though, three thousand yards, twenty seven touchdowns and only five interceptions for Troy, and that's a big reason why they're eleven and two. Uh, and, but another big reason is their top 15 defense in college football and their running back, uh, Kay Vidal, 1,500 yards on the season. 1,500 yards for their running back uh, on the year. Um, Troy's two losses have been against Kansas State and a two-point loss to James Madison, which, I mean, caught the football world by storm this year, being undefeated for so long. So this Troy team knows how to win games, and uh, competition may not have been as great as Duke, but really the ACC was not good this year. But Troy has looked really good in their wins for, I mean, pretty much the whole year and uh, has looked competitive and uh, competent on both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball have looked really good for them. Troy though they lost their head coach to Tulane. And uh, like I said, Duke lost their quarterback and head coach uh, on the year. And uh, Rhett Leonard's been out, though, four weeks, the last four weeks of the year. And Loftus has been 2-2 two and two as the starting quarterback. So this you really don't know which teams, if either team is going to show up great. It's, gonna, it's tough to pick. Uh, both these teams are going through so much right now. But... In the last six bowl games, Duke has covered and sit for six straight bowl games, and Troy is five and one against the spread in their last six bowl games. So, pretty good information right there. Do with, do with that what you want. Uh, I'm going. Oh, I'm going Duke though. Twenty eight to twenty five. I just think Duke has a few better players. Their defense is still really good. They got the pieces. Uh, I do like Troy, but uh, this game really could swing either way. I would not be surprised if Troy comes out and just uh, wins pretty handily as well. So I, I got Duke winning, but I could see Troy flipping the script and winning as well. Uh, it could be a close one. It should be a close one. It should be a fun game. don't know which teams are coming out. Uh, Hawaii Bowl, Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Central. This is the game that Burgers and Brats needs to attend. This is the game we need to get invited to every single year, the Hawaii Bowl. They get Coastal Carolina and 
Coastal Carolina and San Jose State this year. San Jose State, a 10-point favorite. Uh, San Jose State, I mean, they've looked really good. Uh, they've won six straight. Uh, their losses earlier in the year were to Boise State, USC, and Oregon State. Those are their losses. So, uh, good losses on the season. Gary Robinson, uh, San Jose State running back, 1,100 yards, 18 touchdowns on 157 attempts. So that's 7 yards per attempt for the running back, Robinson. Uh, Coastal Carolina, far trip out there. I mean, East Coast to Hawaii time. That is a far trip. Uh, you're going to be there a few days to get acclimated. They're already there. Uh, they've been there a couple of days already, so you got to get acclimated to that. Maybe, will that impact the players? Maybe, maybe not by then, but uh, definitely a, a difference there. Uh, San Jose State started 1-5 and five and finished the season 6-0 and oh with 38 points a game and 242 rushing yards per game for San Jose State. So really remarkable turnaround halfway through the season. Uh, McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, I mean, he's looked good the last few years. Uh, we've got to know his name when CCU's been looking really good playing on prime time, but just has not been as dominant, uh, not the McCall we've seen over the previous years. I mean, only 1,900 yards, 10 touchdowns this year, so definitely not even close to his form. Uh, it, it's a pretty even matchup. Should be a lot of fireworks in this one. I'm taking San Jose State 35-31, to 31, but should be a fun game, some good bowl games coming up. All right, uh, let's move into On This Day in History, sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. Uh, check them out, hefneraycare.com. Uh, get your sunglasses, glasses, contacts uh, from them, located in Oklahoma City. You can even go to the website and try on their virtual try-on from the comfort of your own home, hefneraycare.com. Uh, on this day in 1888, I'm throwing it back, uh, Vincent Van Gogh cuts off his left ear with a razor. 1888. Yeah, we know the specific day this happened. Uh, 1818. Silent Night, composed and sung for the first time in Austria. Great song. 1818 for that one. And then 1943, uh, FDR appoints General Eisenhower, Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces. Uh, happy Birthday uh, Connie Mack, the longest-serving manager in MLB history, where he managed 7,755 games. That's a lot of baseball games. Uh, Joseph Smith, uh, BYU founder, and then Howard Hughes, legendary. Howard Hughes, happy birthday. Uh, that's on this day in history. All right, let's go to the NFL. Week 15 recap. Uh, Buffalo. Uh, came out and dominated the Cowboys. I mean, 269 rushing yards uh, on the day. Cook had 160-some lot of rushing yards and just complete domination from the Bills over the Cowboys. I think I think Josh Allen had 95 total yards. Uh, 9 of 15 for about 95 yards, 75 yards uh, on the game. So really remarkable stuff just dominating this Cowboys team without having to use Josh Allen at all. Dak Prescott, uh, just over 100 yards, did not look good uh, for sure. Uh, San Francisco wins behind Christian McCaffrey's three touchdowns. And then player of the week, Baker Mayfield, uh, the only opposing quarterback to ever have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field. Only the second quarterback ever to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau. 
uh, with Aaron Rodgers doing it. But Baker Mayfield put the team on his back. Uh, remarkable, 390 yards through the air and uh, looked great, especially with a perfect, I mean, perfect passer rating shows that. Uh, they're atop the NFC South. Uh, Kansas City wins uh, again, so Kansas City back on track. Houston winning in overtime, getting a last-second field goal. And uh, Cincinnati also winning in overtime. So some good games uh, that came on this weekend. It is the year of the backup quarterback for sure in the NFL. Got to have that backup. Got to have him. Um, Derek or Carolina. <laughs> Carolina gets its second win of the season over the Falcons. What is Arthur Smith doing? Fire him. Can't lose to the Carolina Panthers. And then uh, an interesting sack that came out this week. Easton Stick, quarterback for the Chargers, is the fourth quarterback to start for the Chargers since 2005. The Cleveland Browns have had four starting quarterbacks in October alone. It was very remarkable. Almost two decades, the Chargers had four starting quarterbacks. The Browns had four this last October. So, entering stack that came out uh, this weekend there. Uh, some, some decent games coming on this week. I mean, we're in week 16. We're, we're to the home stretch, baby. We are almost there. Uh, playoff playoff seedings are real and every game especially matters <coughs> oh bless me uh, every game matters especially now in the season uh, a, a good game uh, that exciting to see division rivals uh, Giants at the Eagles Eagles give up a terrible loss to uh, Drew Locke and the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football just ridiculous Philadelphia's 12-point favorites in this one. Danny DeVito versus Jalen Hurts. Great quarterback story. Great quarterback matchup here. Uh, Hurts, 17 turnovers on the year. Uh, gotta get that fixed if they want to go deep in the playoffs. Um, still probably the second best team in the NFC. Maybe third. Uh, but it, it's going to be tough to go into San Francisco and beat that team. Uh, especially when your quarterback hasn't played well recently. Danny DeVito, though. 64% completion percentage on the year. But he's been sacked 35 times. 35 times. Uh, Got to get him some help. Uh, A.J. Brown, non-existent for the Eagles. I mean, what, he started off with, he had like 10 games with 100-plus receiving yards and just has been silent the last few weeks. Uh, expect uh, the Eagles to get him some targets because that is a great playmaker they need to get involved. Uh, the Giants, 31st on total offense. And uh, Philadelphia relies heavily on the 128 rushing yards per game. And the Giants give up 131 rushing yards per game, which is 29th in the league. So matchup made in heaven for the Eagles. Uh, expect them to run the ball pretty well against the Giants. Uh, maybe keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands if he's still not feeling uh, 100%. Giants only 2-6 and six at home as well. Uh, Philadelphia 2-3 and three in their last five. Uh, New York Giants, 13 points per game. So uh, don't expect much from the Giants here. Daniel DeVito, uh, maybe we'll see some Italian magic, but uh, don't don't see the Giants uh, really keeping it too close or at least getting the win in this case. I think Philadelphia wins pretty handily in this one. All right, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. Uh, PK for the game right now, but uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like it's a game-time decision. Uh, and I think that completely swayed the betting market. Uh, Tampa Bay is now a three 
point favorite in this one. Uh, solid teams, I mean, especially when Baker Mayfield's balling like this. Tampa Bay defense definitely stepped up last week against a pretty decent, pretty good Jordan Love and uh, Green Bay-led offense. Uh, Baker's got 25 touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, if he does play, I mean, he's only got 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions on the year. And they've lost three straight for Jacksonville, uh, even with Trevor Lawrence playing. A little banged up last week, but still played. Sean White uh, finally uh, stepping in and playing really good football, getting bigger. Tampa Bay's giving him the ball more, uh, which he should have been gotten earlier in the season. Both teams, because uh, I mean, both teams are averaging less than 100 rushing yards per game, which is bottom tier in the league. Uh, I, I think there should be some points galore if if Trevor Lawrence is playing. I don't see them scoring much without Trevor Lawrence, but I think Baker, they've been rolling offensively the last few years, and I think this continues against this Jacksonville team. Um, Jacksonville's playoff hopes are on the line as well, especially with no T-Lock. could get ugly. Uh, three and, I'm 3-0 and picking the Bucks as underdogs the last three times. I'm sticking with them. Let's make it 4-0. Or, I guess they're not underdogs anymore, but when I made this, they were underdogs. Uh, Tampa Bay getting the win, 26-23. Um, really like what Tampa and Baker are doing. Especially no T-Law. Alright, Dallas at Miami. Miami, one and a half point favorite in this one. Don't know if Tyree Kill is going to play. Are we looking at a Super Bowl matchup? A future Super Bowl matchup? Maybe. We could be, but... Eh, maybe not. Both these teams definitely have their flaws, considering uh, this is the first game in NFL history between teams with 20-plus combined wins, but one or fewer wins versus teams above 500. The Cowboys are 1-3 versus teams above 500, and 9-1 and versus teams 500 or below. The Dolphins are 0-3 versus teams above 500, and 10-1 and versus teams 500 or below. So, I mean, that's a major flaw that we've been looking at and uh, have come to our attention is that these teams can't beat others that are above, even just above 500. And their schedules haven't been too tough. I mean, you see that. Both have played uh, uh, 21 total games against teams below 500. So very easy schedule. That's why these teams have such a good record. And that's why Dallas could be sixth. That's why Dallas is sixth overall in offense and defense. And Miami is fifth overall on defense and first on offense. Uh, Tua probably going to get over 4,000 yards after or during this game, which is really impressive, though, in itself. But definitely wants Tyreek Hill back uh, to have those stats and uh, get even more because what a playmaker Tyreek Hill is and a major loss if he is not playing again. Uh, Dallas run defense, uh, really atrocious, like we saw, like I mentioned, uh, happened against Buffalo. And Miami's got 139 rushing yards per game. Uh, Achan uh, loves lo great at running the football. Mike McDaniel loves running the football, and uh, they're really good at it. Especially without Tyree Kill, they're going to rely on their running backs and uh, see if Waddle's double team if they can't get him the football. I, I just don't really trust Dak right now. I know I know he said he could solidify himself as an MVP candidate if he got a win at Buffalo, but uh, that did not happen. Uh, either t it's really up to either team which team can change the narrative on it, it, them beating above 500 teams. Uh, I think Miami does it at home, 31 to 28. Should be a phenomenal uh, game uh, offensively. Uh, a lot of points. Uh, that's what football is about now. Scoring a lot of points, and McDaniel uh, knows how to let it air out the rock and 
uh, should be really good and really fun to watch. All right, Baltimore at San Francisco. Uh, final game. Uh, this could be a Super Bowl matchup. This is a game that uh, really has high hopes for a Super Bowl matchup this year. I mean, they're the number one versus number one teams in each conference. San Francisco, a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, a little surprising just how good Baltimore has been and uh, Lamar Jackson this year. Uh, both teams pretty much Super Bowl favorites. Uh, Purdy could solidify himself as the MVP, uh, as the MVP recipient, and it, it, with a big win here. And uh, he's got three thousand seven hundred yards, twenty nine touchdowns, and uh, I can see him getting that trophy. He's a great, great, great game manager. Uh, really does good uh, under pressure. Had that tough uh, stretch in the middle of the season, but. I mean, they're the best team in football, the San Francisco team is. Yeah, they've got playmakers all around, but you got to have a quarterback who can air it out and uh, spread out the ball and uh, open it up for Christian McCaffrey to run the football. Uh, CMC and Brandon Ayuk, over 1,000 yards each on the season. So, yeah, great playmakers. Uh, this whole team is full of MVP players and even Trent Williams and Greg Kittle. And uh, what's more impressive is uh, Brandon Ayuk's 1,000 yards, on 59 receptions that's 18.4 yards per reception just remarkable uh, San Francisco top three uh, in every single offensive category <laughs> even scoring points uh, there, there's no stopping this team uh, Baltimore fifth in offense second in defense so the, these teams are number one and number one for a reason uh, Brock Purdy 9.9 .9, uh, yards per pass attempt which is uh, some of the most in uh, NFL history, at least through this point in his career or through the season. Uh, both score nearly 30 points a game and give up just 16. Baltimore rely heavily on the run, 163 rushing yards per game, and uh, they're going to have to rely on that, keep the ball out of uh, Purdy, CMC's, uh, this entire San Francisco offense's hands. Uh, score first, because whoever scores first, uh, they like to hold that lead and win the football game. So it's definitely going to go back and forth. Yeah, I, it's going to be close. I think five and a half is a lot for the San Francisco team to win by. But I'm going uh, San Francisco 24 to 23 over Baltimore. Could be a future Super Bowl matchup that we're getting to witness this weekend. So some good games in the NFL. All right, let's move into the final segment, who I'm sharing my burger and brought with uh, sharing it with uh, Colorado and the five uh, gray wolves uh, that got set free uh, this weekend reintroduction into Colorado uh, so five uh, gray wolves were set free Monday in central Colorado after uh, really nearly three years of work uh, to get them there uh, it's the first of its kind reintroduction uh, to the state uh, the, the officials uh, captured these wolves last weekend in Oregon, flew them out uh, to Colorado for release. It's gonna help with the ecosystem and really get that Western feel back in Colorado. Uh, wolves have not been there in a couple of decades, so it's great to see them finally being in reintroduced into the ecosystem uh, where, the, where they will help. Uh, and these were just the first of five uh, that could be up to 50 released there in Colorado in the next three years. So share my burger brought with the uh, five gray wolves that were just released back into Colorado uh, into their natural uh, habitat. So, all right, that's the podcast for y'all. Broke down some National Signing Day. 
uh, got some college football bowl picks, and then the NFL. Uh, we are winding down. Uh, every game matters. Every possession matters now here. So, uh, going to be a fun weekend. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to everyone. Go spend some time with the family and definitely watch and catch up on some of these football games. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, anywhere you your podcast app, Burgers and Brats, and check out the podcast on Millions.co. A great company, great, great website for uh, me and just uh, excited to be on here promoting and uh, going live with you guys every single week. So check it out, millions.co, and check out the podcast website, burgersandbrowspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Stay safe.